Hi guys, I'm so excited about this week's episode of the Dolly Show podcast. Now, on this week's episode of the show, I'll be interacting with one of the most amazing, super smart young men that I have come across in this country. His name is Julius Kwame Anthony. He's the General Secretary for Nukes right here in Ghana. Now, we will be talking about a very, very exciting topic that will intrigue you. Stay with me. I'll be back with you. Okay, so if you just joined us, you're welcome once again to the Dolly Show podcast. This conversation is available on all podcast streaming platforms, talk of Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breakercast, every podcast streaming platform you can find this episode available. And we have a video version of this right here on YouTube. I'm going to be welcoming my guest, but I need you to look at him properly. One. <laughs> How are you, Julius? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm okay. You know, I'm still trying to believe that this conversation is happening. Well, yeah, I mean, I've given so many excuses. And so I need to find you for that. <laughs> but you know, funny enough, the first time I met you was at MS34 Studios on Kwame Focus Show. And it, it, at the back of my mind, I was just saying, Fantastic. What a young man. Please. Oh my. You know, smart, cute, handsome, all of the adjectives. And, and some of the English words he said, I had to be Googling them on my phone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think everybody who knows you will bear me witness. I, I speak very basic stuff of English. Please, now let me warn you before we continue. I won't have the liberty to go and look for the meaning of the words that you <laughs> You should meet the likes of Erandam's Karim, Shandor, you know, those people speak. Now, Erandam is a super amazing young man as well. Yeah, and Shandor, you, you should meet those people. That's English on the floor. So we are just speaking. Okay, so maybe I'm just your kindergarten means. Okay, yeah, you guys. <laughs> I didn't see that. Because if we don't even reach you all of all, we reach Erandam. That's another level of English. Yeah. I'm saying you and me mm-hmm. are the same level. Okay. For them. They are the higher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited that you were able to make it. Um, you know, I, I want to use this platform to congratulate you on, on winning your your election. I, I see it was a very heated space inside. Very tough. I, I didn't know university uh, and, and student elections was was that heated. Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's a serious business. And the stakeholders in um, an election like that of the National Union of Ghana students go beyond even students because news, I mean, influences policies that go beyond just students. So, general government policies? Yes, general government policies. So, okay. the stakeholders are enormous and they all want, I mean, to one way or the other, influence, influence the outcome. Now, this is really not the main reason why I invite you here, but it's important that we gain some clarity on some of the things that, that is happening. Now, you know, it, it's, it's by far one of the most common, um, you know, prejudices in, 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 around town that most of these elections, like you said, are influenced by certain stakeholders, especially political parties. And so we have some students who already are aligned to, let's say, the NPC or the NPP or other political parties, and then this goes a long way to play some sort of 
politics as to what happens in, in these election days. How how measurable is that? Is that true? Well, um, I would say that it would be highly hypocritical mm. for anyone to pretend that there is no political infiltration of um, student elections or student politics. Okay. Um, there is. Being the out, we try as much as possible to reduce the polarization to make student elections about students and what they want again. Um, I wouldn't say that politicians influenced uh, the outcome of this news election, but I don't deny their vested interest okay. in it. But, but so, so for me, what is more important for me is, is the fact that if, if we, we can attest to the fact that these politicians have some sort of vested interest in, in student politics, what exactly causes that? I, I want to know the benefit they get from that. Why would they be interested in, in student politics? You know, if you follow the history of the National Union of Ghana students, for example, this is a student movement that was able to, um, should I say, shake the foundations of the revolutionary government, the okay. PNC era. They were able to determine the pace of things. They were able to. They were part of the reasons why we even transitioned into multi-party democracy. That is how. That is how far Nukes reaches out in okay. terms of. I mean, influencing policy. Nukes okay. is the reason why we have something like Get Fat. Okay. Nukes is the reason why we have National Service. The National Service scheme. Okay. Nukes is the reason why we have it. You know, and a, a whole lot of other things. Nukes was able to influence all those things. So it's in the interest of uh, most stakeholders, especially those in government and major political parties, um, to want to be in tune with what's, you know, happening, what, around what's happening around Luke's, okay, what are they saying again, which issue are they going to speak on again, I mean, all that, because sometimes the activities of Luke's can either complement uh, them or derail them uh, in terms of uh, stay in power and all that. So most of them try to make sure that as much as possible they have a time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, I, there's another thing that we will talk about, but before then, I follow you on Twitter, you will call you follow me on Twitter. Now, you, you, you are witness to the, the previous happenings around the two rest of favorite boys who and people are team water but what, what do you make of the situation, especially as an external secretary? Well, for me, I believe much more school is in the wrong. Okay. Um, without any form of equivocation. Um, I think that a person's character, a person's intellect and academic ability should not be determined by the kind of hairstyle the person keeps. Okay. Especially in a situation where the person keeping that hairstyle is in line with his religious practices. Okay. The constitution makes it clear that people should be allowed to manifest their religion. Not to only belong, but to manifest, that is to portray, to show it outwardly. Yeah. And if keeping dreadlocks is a way of manifesting Rastafarianism, then people should be allowed to do that. The only conditions under which a person can be denied his religious right or any other right is if that right is in disrespect of another person's right okay. or is against the public interest. Okay. Take, for example, the air you are keeping dirty. Yeah. What is this all about? You're free to keep your hair. <laughs> what, 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 what does your beautiful hair is all about? The public order. Everyone can have their space and enjoy their rights if you have your hair. Yeah. So, in the case of Achimoto School, what does Tyron Magai or Hema Rabia keep in their own natural hair? Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, I, I 
find this conversation a bit disturbing, especially with the fact that this is somebody's own natural hair. Yes. And, and we have Caucasian students in that school who carry their hair. You know, very long hair. And so my concern is that is it because this is black hair? In, you know, or is it because this is an African Guinean child? Because there's, there's an interesting thing about us black people. We are able to copy what the, you know, the white man does yeah. and term it as right and yeah. as normal. We want to make it feel like it's yeah. good. To the extent that I wouldn't be shocked if um, some members of that board wear Caucasian wigs. It's, it's very possible. Yes. You know, and, and, and they wear Caucasian wigs. Very long ones. I My apologies. No, but, sorry. but the black man yeah. keeping his own natural hair. It's a problem. It's a problem. It goes but but the Caucasians is so nice that even yeah. you that don't have it, you want to buy that. You buy it and attach it to your own yeah. hair. Uh, you know, we should start orienting people to love their nature as black people as it is. And I think Ashmoto's school, with its reputation, yeah. should be at the forefront of this. Of this like, you know, I, I think that for me, that particular saga raised a lot of eyebrows, especially with the fact that you are, you, you you have been through the Ghanaian senior high school system. You see how we are being deponged in yeah. quotes, as we call it. Now, teachers just put scissors in your hair, and hair. one scissors in like almost everybody's hair, like in school. And and for at, way back in school, you know, I constantly used to have this conversation in my. I, I, I used to think about it, and, and I used to ask myself, what really is the connection between my hair and my academics? You know, the problem I have with even deponking people, as yeah. you call it, it doesn't make any sense. You you go to the young campus, for example. Yeah. Do you see how beautifully some of the ladies keep their natural hair and hold it behind? And it's so long. Oh, and it's so beautiful. It's yeah. so nice. You know, yeah. And they keep it so beautifully. There's a question of if we allow them to keep their hairs, they won't keep it clean at all. If that is our orientation, if from let's say age seven, the girl child is taught to keep their natural hair, hold it behind like pony so beautifully. Imagine how our essential campus will look so nice. Yeah. That is who they are. That's what grows out of their head. You yeah. teach them how to keep it so nice. Yeah. Not keep a rigid system that is, you know, designed by the white man. Yeah. Because they feel a certain disgust yeah. on the black man's head. Yeah. So they say, sure, yeah. boy or girl, cut it all down. Yeah. And they come to our country and they when still have their they hair. They have their hair. They don't tell them to cut it at the yeah. high school level. Yeah. So that when they go to the they tertiary level, they can leave it. it. Yeah. They, they keep it anyway. And so, so my, my concern is that why do young people, why do they have to cut their hair during just that three years period? Of it, it, has, it doesn't make any sense. You know, the last time on Twitter, someone responded that it's a system that's created so that everybody can fit in. And I'm like, we are not saying that at the high school level, the girls should be allowed to wear wigs no. or braid yeah. this kind of you know, but keep your natural hair if you want you to. Your natural hair for as long as it is, it is a part of you. Yeah. You keep it so nicely. If we were teaching our children to keep their natural hair for a very long time, like, yeah. You can imagine. It would have been a beautiful place to live. You know. And, and you know, it's it's sad. And this should go as far as if if you're a black woman and you're looking for positions in a corporate environment, you can't take this no, for an interview. No, no, you no. need to come there in a reasonable, a proper Caucasian people, yeah. or whatever you, know, you want to call it, Brazilian, whatever. I, I don't know. I and, don't and it's very sad for me. I don't want to say I really don't understand why 
we have been indoctrinated so much to believe yeah. that anything that is white is good. Anything black is bad. It's bad. To yeah. the extent that we hate our own nature. <laughs> you know? And we, we made it so bad that girls are seen to be in their most beautiful states yeah. when they wear the long fluffy wigs. Yeah. Not when they hold their beautiful natural. Gym. Natural, you know, to the extent that a lot of these girls who hold natural hairs constantly have complained about the fact that people think it's because they cannot afford to make their hair, and it's really sad because you know I feel like if I want to keep a wig on, I should be allowed to do that. But if I want to equally keep my natural hair, I should be allowed to do that, and it doesn't have to come with any form of prejudice you know, or misconception. The problem is that people have failed to even realize one thing. Yeah, the white man when he came here. They came to commercialize us. They commercialize us to the extent that they've commercialized our very bodies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We don't get to sell mm-hmm. any part of ourselves to no. the white man. No. But the white man gets to sell their hair. You know? <laughs> to, to us. Their eyes. Their yeah. You have to. People, this recently I see our ladies changing their, the color of their eyes with mm-hmm. this. Um, Contactless, you know, to look like they're. I mean, some are for medicinal purposes, but. I understand, but yeah. I, I, I know the fashion world. You know? yeah. I, I, I stayed in China for some time, so I've come across those things. And okay. I have people on, on Snapchat, see people import a lot of these things and sell at very expensive prices to people. And the ladies are all after them, the same way they are after the wigs and all these things. Why did we allow ourselves to come to this point that the white man makes a lot out of us and said that the white man can downplay the beauty of our nature as a way of getting revenue out of us? You know, first of all, first of all, the police yeah. covered us. And, and that's the point. You know, I think that first of all, I, I have no um, problem at all with any woman out there in the world who feels like they want to wear a wig however long or short it is, I don't have a problem. My problem only stems from the fact that you think you feel more beautiful in that than your natural hair. You know, that is where I would probably think you that know, I don't think you know, it's necessary. If, if, if that feeling was even just individualistic, that yeah. people on their own feel that they look better in their natural hair, I wouldn't even have a problem with it. The point you raise about Going to interviews and yeah. corporate so sort of like a societal standard, yeah. Yeah. yeah, making the societal standard yeah. is where the problem arises yeah. from. Because the problem of Tara Magai and others arose from the fact that every black person is forced to cut their natural hair down, and it's very wrong. Uh huh. And that same problem, I mean, arises for people who want to keep their natural afros. I have gone through that, 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 that in, 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 in an interview. And it was awful. It's not anything that I think every woman has to go through. And so it's a media house actually. And so I, it wasn't even for attention. Okay. You know, it wasn't even for like a proper job. And so I walked there in my normal with rasta braids. That's how we usually call it. And um, you know, neatly tied in a bun. And um, you, you, so you are the you are the one who wants to intern here. And you are looking like, like this. this. And so the first thing I, I, you know that thing when you want to like fall back and you know, look at yourself yeah, and yeah, see yeah, if yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I quickly sort of excuse myself to go to the washroom and then I don't know where the lady came from also in the washroom and she said you should have at least wore a wig or a ponytail. You know, and, and I felt, and, and not to say that they are not, I mean I see some journalists and, and other people on TV, 
it brings as well. But the topic is that how often are they able to even do that? Do they not do that because they do not want to do it themselves or because there are certain standards of beauty that has been set by them? There is a standard of beauty that has been set. And you see, for us as Africans and Kenyan people, I feel our problem is that we are emulating so many cultures at the same time. That's and so we're sort of like confused. Exactly. The African alone is copying the Indian, is copying the Chinese, is copying the American, is copying the Europeans at the same time. We do not own any identity. The black person doesn't own any identity right now. To 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 to, to look at something and say, okay, this is genuinely African, you know, by just looking at the apparent nature of a person. It's, it's something that is very rare in the black person. I mean, my apologies, but if I should look at you right now, yeah. I could I could look out Indian culture there alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know, you get it? Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you were wearing a wig, I would have been seeing a European hair, you yeah. know, and all those things. And, and, and I don't know what's wrong with that, okay? If we keep doing this, then we create problems for ourselves. The, the amount of you know money that goes out of this continent, you know, in, in pursuit of cosmetics, that that's it. I mean, it's one of the most booming industries. You, you, are, you understand that goes out of this continent, and none none comes to this continent in pursuit of the African identity. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, it's, that you, you made a right. point, and I think Stonewall said it in, in one of his songs that, that I think black people, he said that as a black man in this world, we are simply losing yeah. the identity. I, I, I see these things, but you know, I often try to conclude by saying that if a woman or a man feels like they want to look a certain kind of way, and that's not because that solely is a standard set by society to define the standards, I don't have a problem. I only have a problem if I'm supposed to be wearing this earring because society has set that standard yes. and that is what will define my identity. Then I have a problem with that. Because I can equally wake up tomorrow and say that I want to shoot without earrings and I should be saying, I'm not, not even seen, I should feel yes, beautiful are, yeah, enough are, with or without that. Yourself, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I tell people every day that you can love cosmetics. It's, it's good to wear them. You know, you look, you feel certain type of women when you wear them. But the idea that that solely defines how beautiful you are is, is what I find if, problematic. If, imagine, imagine being rejected in, in a corporate entity. Because I wasn't in wig. Because, <laughs> yeah, because you are not in wig. Or yeah. because probably you don't want to wear it. You know, um, 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 there is a, um, should I say, a faction of Islam. Mm. Or even Islam in its entirety. Yeah. That frowns on, you know, wearing wigs or something. So imagine someone from that fashion of Islam yeah. in that corporate entity or is being rejected yeah. from that, you know, when because that their religion does not just because their religion doesn't allow them to she put it on weight, you see, and, and we must force them to go put weight as a prerequisite for belonging in, 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 in that industry. And it, it, it's okay. Yeah. And what happened at Ashmota, I want to say happened because I'm hoping that they wouldn't go back to, to the this <laughs> yeah. 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 What happened in Hachimota is, is, is just a demonstration of the very little things that end us 
you know, yeah. in these situations. Yeah. People's minds have been trained that okay, people must look a certain way to, to be beautiful, yeah. It's it's not right, especially yeah. when that has to do with the people altering a certain part of, of them. their essence. Yeah. Including parts of them that are connected to their religion yeah. and their manifestation. You know, now I, I wanted this conversation to be very apt, but you mentioned religion and that has been a bigger conversation in Ghana and across Africa. For some of us who are regular on clubhouse these days, we've been in so <laughs> many rooms, you know, constantly bashing religion and yeah. bashing culture. And what is your take on how religion is practiced in Africa, especially in Ghana? I mean, I won't talk about Africa in general because we barely visit those places for long. And so, for where we are now, what's your take on how religion is practiced in Ghana? You know, I believe that you know, in the same that religion is just like um, medicine. Yeah. If taken in the right doses, efficacious. Mm. If taken over those, then there's a problem. Yeah. You become intoxicated by it. Okay. So um, the situation we are facing in our country, for example, is a situation of religious intoxication, where people have rendered their whole, whole lives to be defined by a particular, a particular religion or religious standards where the very basis of you know critical thinking and analysis is nowhere to be found yeah. and when you ask people to justify certain things that you ask people to do or they expect of people at all that you know on basis of logic and reasoning the reasoning is out is my religion and yeah. my religion says this yeah. and that is the reality yeah. of it and so as to whether that is a basic human uh, that is a basic thing that as humans you need to know or, or you, you don't need, need to, they don't care whether no, they, 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 they make excuses for the ignorance for it and, and it's, 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 it's not right I mean it's not serving us well yeah. as a people the people, the, the nations that do better than us they don't thrive on come on, I was in China for one year the only Christians I met were Africans. <laughs> I'm telling you, the only Christians I met were Africans, but uh, Chinese do better than us anyway. Yeah. They are, excuse me to say, if the standard of development in terms of technology and all those things are a measure of uh, God's blessing, then they are being blessed than us who worship God more than them. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, this Chinese lecturer, Mr. Lee, who was on the University of Ghana campus? He was resident in the nowhere against artists, he was there. So, he usually observes the occurrences on South Africa, yeah. the drama that goes on there. People stay out there, you know, deep in the night, Praying. calling fire to rain from heaven and all that. And one evening, he asked me, So, if they call the fire and the fire did come, who should come and offer? <laughs> because because we, we, we are in a country where even the fire service is, 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 is in the gutters. And, and as we I saw a video of the fire service called to service you know, in, a in a taxi and on the You know, and you are calling fire to rain. I mean... <laughs> but that video... Serious. It's because a lot of things have been attributed to grace, the grace of God, and all those things. You know, Judith, this conversation about religion is is something that we need to talk about properly. Especially because for me, now politicians are thriving on religion because they know that it's the opium of the masses. You know, they know that the best way to get into the heart of, of the Ghanaian market woman, of the average Ghanaian man or woman, 
is to say that, you know, um, vote for me, God will whatever, and God has done what I, I love God. I, I am a Christian. I don't say any more and deny the fact that, you know, I am religious, but more spiritual and I am Christian. My point is that I am I am a Christian, but I am a human being first before my, my, my religious identity. Anything that does not allow you to ask questions is meant to that's how I see in, in, in most of the churches we see today, yeah. the practices that go on and all that. That's not a questionable. Yes, you are not allowed. Members are not even allowed to question the authority with which this so-called men of God yeah. or uh, the things they do, the reasons and all that. They, they are, you are supposed to take orders and be because, you know, the men of God are seen to be divine. God's chosen. Not my Yes, God's chosen vessel. And then the whole touch of my anointed yeah. concept is, is, is I, meant to yeah, yeah, I think that it has sort of been misinterpreted yeah. to the extent that when you even want to ask basic questions about your pastor, your reverend, you, you are not being allowed no, to. And, and I think it's very wrong because as a church member, I would love to know my man of God. I think there are people even worship them more than Mm, oh yes, people worship their men of God now more than God. You wake up early in the morning. I mean, I literally mute certain people's statuses because I I get I get. You should have WhatsApp for that feature to be I able mean, to mute certain people. I, I, it, it just puts me off. What do you see on their status? They literally wake up in the morning to and worship people. and worship their men of God from morning to evening. That is. That 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 you barely, yeah, you barely hear them talk about Jesus. If they do the same thing for Jesus Christ, I think they'll be blessed more. And yeah. you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I think I, I watched a short clip of I think it's I, I, um, a reverend of I don't know this, uh, the, 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 I'm sorry if I got it wrong, but Kofi Odro, fantastic uh, yeah. preacher. You know, and I think I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I think in one of the short clips he said that don't carry money and come and give to him when your mother is both hungry. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that stems from what you said by the fact that people have parents at home who don't even have what to eat, yeah, but they carry all the money that's made. And because because they worship their men of God more than yeah. God himself. You know, it's, it's, it's a very sad phenomenon that has yeah. developed in the country. That is why the worship of men of God has become the trend. I'm a very known Catholic Christian. I, I, I oh yes. And, what do you fellowship? Um, I mean, for now, Saint Thomas Aquinas, University of Ghana. Uh huh. I, I'm very known everywhere you see, even on my Twitter, you see the Catholics in the Catholic Conservative Republicans on my WhatsApp. Everywhere you see. I flaunt it. I mean, when I'm going, I wear myself like, oh, it's even for me, right? You actually look like a woman, Well, people call me Father Anthony. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and you still see someone who comes to me and says that he's coming for soul winning and he's coming to talk to me to go to his church. You see, the concept has been reduced to the worship of men of God, such that they believe that One church for me to be seen as, you know, yeah. a soul that is one. Yeah. It has I to be in the same church. So I must come to I that think church. that's problematic. The moment you approach me, you know, I'm very, you know, repulsive when it comes to those kind of things. Please. You can be rude. I know you can. Oh, I know. Hold it there. If it's about church, you're not invited. 
Right. I mean, you don't come to me a Christian mm-hmm. and you are not coming to me. Maybe they can practice. see that you are backsliding, so they want you to come out to God. How? 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 How?
you could hear the, the the English words he was he was throwing at me. Some of them I need to sip my tea so I can think about them. Thank you so much for staying with me. This conversation is available on every podcast streaming platform and on YouTube as well because I want you to have a feel of what goes on, not just the audio version. You deserve a video as well. So do well to go to my YouTube at the Dolly Show Podcast. Watch the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe. I'll catch you later. Bye bye.